Good morning from Beirut, Lebanon. This is Mina Now. It's Monday, February the 15th, and this is your morning briefing. Kicking off today's episode with the main news in Lebanon. First, months after his appointment to form a cabinet, Prime Minister-designate Saad Hariri on Sunday bluntly accused President Michel Aoun of blocking the formation of a new government by insisting on a veto power, marking the latest escalation between the two leaders and shattering hopes for an early solution to the months-long deadlock. Now, the Premier-designate said Aoun had rejected his proposed cabinet lineup of 18 non-partisan specialists. Hariri held a meeting with Aoun after a break of nearly two months. The president's role in the government formation process has been a point of contention between the two camps during their countless rounds of war of words as the free patriotic movement insists that the president has the power to interfere with the details of the formation, whereas Hariri's future movement says the president only approves the lineup by signing the decree or disapproves by not signing. Concerning the inoculation rollout, Lebanon administered its first COVID-19 vaccine to medical professionals as the country launched its drive over the weekend. And in its first operation funding, the purchase of COVID-19 vaccines, the World Bank reallocated 34 million U.S. dollars from an existing health project in Lebanon to help launch the vaccination program. The first shipment of around 28,500 vaccines had arrived in Lebanon Saturday evening, and more weekly shipments from several vaccine makers are expected in coming months as authorities hope to inoculate 80% of the country's estimated 6 million population by the end of 2021 or early 2022. Now, some 450,000 people have signed up to be vaccinated in Lebanon, including 45,000 aged over 75 and 17,500 staff from the health sector. Prime Minister Diab has promised all residents would be vaccinated, including Syrian and Palestinian refugees living in the country. However, the migrant worker community in Lebanon has not been included in the government's national coronavirus vaccine program. The Ministry of Labor is working on a plan with the UN's International Organization for Migration to secure funds for the migrant workers to get vaccinated. Meanwhile, the World Bank and the International Federation of Red Cross and Red Crescent Societies, IFRC, signed an agreement for the independent monitoring of Lebanon's COVID-19 vaccination campaign after rumors broke out that political officials were intending to keep the vaccines for themselves and their allies. Under this agreement, IFRC will be in charge of independently monitoring the compliance of the vaccination deployment with national plans, international standards, and World Bank requirements in order to ensure safe handling of the vaccines, as well as fair and equitable access to all. When it comes to banking secrecy, Lebanon's central bank clearly stated that it has sent an official letter to the finance minister confirming its commitment and cooperation with Alvarez and Marcel, namely the lifting of bank secrecy for a year. Yet the press office of the caretaker finance minister rushed to deny it. Considering that all media outlets were informed of that letter, except apparently the required official recipient, the ministry's statement issued in what seems a clear sarcasm 
quoting, unless there are new legal principles, namely correspondences, through the media. The finance ministry has been active for all the wrong reasons. Finance Minister Ghazi Wazni announced that the Lebanese government will file a taxable income for the aid given to the victims of the August 4th Beirut explosion. In regard to the inheritance left by those who died in the explosion, their relatives are exempt from inheritance tax. On a brighter note, Lebanon has taken a step towards loosening up the harshness of the kafala system and a move the NGO Kafa has called a, quote, new victory for domestic workers. The new move makes it unacceptable to accuse migrant domestic workers of absconding or running away when they decide to leave their workplace. It also protects them from having punitive measures taken against them, according to Kafa. Lebanese General Directorate of General Security has taken the decision to prohibit the use of accusatory terms such as runaway, flee, or escape, as the terminology is not in line with the law nor human rights. Instead, an administrative procedure will be adopted by which the employer will simply inform the General Security Office that the domestic worker has left the workplace instead of making a criminal complaint. Shifting to the second segment of this episode, the region at a glance. First, France, Germany and Britain on Friday condemned Iran's decision to produce uranium metal, which they said was in breach of commitments made by Tehran to the international community. The UN nuclear watchdog said this week that Iran had followed through on its stated plan to make uranium metal, which Tehran said would be used to make fuel for a research reactor, but which can also be used in nuclear weapons. The move is the latest breach by Iran of a 2015 nuclear deal with world powers. Meanwhile, Qatar is working to de-escalate tensions by advocating for a return to the 2015 Iran nuclear agreement, state media quoted its foreign minister as saying. The remarks came in briefing notes about two separate calls earlier in the week between Thani and U.S. Special Representative for Iran Robert Malley and U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. Violent clashes have also erupted in parts of the region as heavy fighting between forces of Yemen's internationally recognized government and Houthi rebels raged again on Sunday, extending a week of violence in the strategic province of Marib, Yemeni officials said. With dozens killed, the fighting has cast major doubt over UN-led efforts to restart negotiations to end years of the civil war. The rebels seek to wrestle control of Marib, closing off Saudi Arabia's southern border and taking control of oil fields in the province that would give them leverage in possible peace negotiations. Additionally, Saudi-led coalition said it destroyed two explosives fired into Saudi Arabia on Sunday afternoon in an attack the Houthi said hit Abha airport in the kingdom's south. Meanwhile, in northern Iraq, Turkish soldiers conducting an operation against Kurdistan Workers Party PKK militants have found the bodies of 13 kidnapped Turks executed in a cave, Defense Minister Hulusi Akar said. 48 PKK militants were killed in the operation, while three Turkish soldiers were killed and three wounded, Akar said in a statement released on Sunday. Turkey launched a military operation against the PKK in northern Iraq's Gara region on February the 10th to secure its border and find citizens who had been kidnapped previously, he said. And finally, dozens of Tunisian youths on Friday blocked roads in the long marginalized southern Tatooine region in anger over unkept government promises to provide work and investment. 
In November last year, the administration of Prime Minister Hashem Meshishi pledged to create hundreds of jobs and a fund to launch economic projects in Petaluin after talks with union leaders and protesters after a months-long blockade of an oil installation. Now, three months later, the protesters' movement launched further demonstrations, saying concrete measures had not been materialized. On Friday, some protesters burnt tires and chanted slogans, while others made businesses and institutions shut and take part in the demonstration, which has been criticized by some residents, an AFP correspondent said. Having said this, we have now reached the end of Mina Now's podcast episode. As always, thank you so much for your time and don't forget to subscribe. I'll be here every morning. This is Mina Now.